Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, there's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. It is April 9th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen all here on your hump day edition of the show. Hump day. Going to be a big one for you. A lot to talk about, a lot to get to. But first, get started with Thornton's in your life. Or the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. Got whatever you need to get your day started on the right foot. I went into a Thornton's yesterday, got a personal Mega Millions ticket. It did not win, unfortunately. Oh. One winner in Florida. So they'll get the $1.5 billion. Are you Boo. sure? Sign said $2 billion. Well, whatever. This morning. Well, somebody won. Really? You sure it didn't I, say $2 million? No, because uh, th- I had to do the double take. Uh, I usually use that sign on 65 by the fairgrounds as my uh, did anybody win metric. And it, I was like, yeah, normally it's right. Two, normally it's right. Is it $20 million or is it $2.0 billion? Maybe I'm a little foggy this morning. But, um, excuse maybe you need to move back to Florida to get us to win this, this damn lottery. That's what I was just sitting here thinking. Maybe I shouldn't have ever left. I think it was a Jacksonville. No, it was not. I think so. Hopefully one of my friends. That's, Come on. Is that is that Duval <laughs> County? Duval, yeah. yeah. Duval. Yeah, I think I think that that was where the winning ticket was sold. Well, good. Maybe it was somebody I was friendly with, and they'll just come back and be like, here you go. You only need $7 million. Exactly. That ain't much out of $1.5 bill. But the inside the Thorntons was a nice experience, although I, I was hoping it'd be like a life-changing experience, winning the Mega Millions. But they had – it was popping. And this was around like – Around lunchtime, a lot of people going in there, getting some dogs and spicy chicken sandwiches, 89 cents, 32-ounce soft drinks. They've got it all at Thornton's. We've got it all on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We're going to get to that today, but it's going to be a busy show. A lot to get to on today's show. A lot to talk about. Pretty newsworthy Tuesday. But first, Roush, how was your Tuesday? So you went to the library. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was busy. That was the uh, two hours I wasn't working yesterday. So uh, we did a little drive, drove to Lexington with Stephen Peake. Uh, that was delightful. Had some delightful conversations with the uh, 
Vince Marrow, William Cohen, the Kentucky tight ends. Uh, came back, yeah, and uh, got time with the boys. We, uh, we it's a, it's about two blocks to the library, so that's a nice, quick, like thirty-ish minute trip or so that we can get done. Make sure everybody's nice and pooped before bed. Mm-hmm. Um, got got some monster truck books, and oh, uh, nice. you'll never believe it. John Cena is now an author. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had two books there. I guess he just slaps his name on a bunch of you know kids' books. Anything that guy can't do. Uh, I'm sure. Even I don't think he's a great singer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would saw imagine that our it friend... would be really hard for him to scratch his back. I finally saw our, our friend B.J. Novak's The Book With No Pictures book at the store. I didn't buy it, though. We did talk about buying it, but may get it next time. For kids? Mm-hmm. Interesting. He wrote a kid's book that's called, like, The Book With No Pictures, but it's a kid's book. Huh. But it has, like, a bunch of, like, onomatopoeia and stuff where the reader has to, like, Buzz yeah, do fun yeah, things. Yeah. That mm-hmm. sounds like fun. But I, I, like, flipped through, and I was like, is there really no pictures? There were no pictures. Huh. Interesting. He wasn't fooling. <laughs> Not fooling mm-hmm. uh, one bit. I uh, also did the thing where I was, you know, I was doing some writing last night and I was getting ready to start my rewatch and I realized, oh, Hard Knock starts tonight. Like, let's, at least, you know, I'm not the biggest. As we mentioned in Tuesday's show. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not the biggest uh, Hard Knocks guy. I mean, I, it had like a, a time and place for me. But I was like, you know what? I love the intro. I'm at least going to get it started. I'm, I'll probably fall asleep while watching this. And um, did you did you perchance get any chance to watch any of Hard Knocks <laughs> last night, Scoots? Uh, no, I'm not a Hard Knocks guy. I never have been. If I'm going to check out a season, though, it would be this one. I'm just undecided if I'm going to do that or not. Do you well, have HBO? You, uh, we do, yeah. If you want if you want to check it out because you're going to see Aaron Rodgers, trust me, you're going to see plenty of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if that's necessarily the reason I would want to. I, I don't know. Maybe it is the Rogers draw the for me. Man. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think maybe it is probably for Aaron Rodgers, just because he's such a unique guy. Because that was my thing, TJ. It was. I don't know if you watched it or not. It was too much Aaron Rodgers. I did not. It was like the Aaron Rodgers show, not like the New York Jets training camp. I was up for it and debated putting it on, but thought if there's a chance, I may fall asleep during it. Best not. They at least had so. I'm gonna cool... watch. I'm gonna watch it today. Like they're they're the the opener is always good when they have some speech and it's like a coach with some dumb allegory or you know like the most coachingest thing is usually what leads into the intro of the season. Love Dan Campbell's last year where he just got this impassioned with one butt cheek and two toes. I'll still whoop your ass kind of speech. That was awesome. Robert Salah is fine. Um, it's Did just, it start with him in like a smoky hut doing hardcore illicit drugs? No, no, unfortunately not. Then I'm sadly I'm out. <laughs> a lot of celebrities showing up too. Like just it was a big, big star know. power show. Yeah. I heard it was an Aaron Rodgers love fest in episode one. Yeah, it was just and like they had a cool tracking shot where they're following him, uh, you know, into the first practice, and all the Jets fans are going wild. Um, but I was more the the. The most exciting part for me to watch was just Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner doing one-on-ones. That was better than any of the Aaron Rodgers stuff, but it was like 45 minutes of Aaron Rodgers stuff. That's what I heard. Yeah. That's what I saw on the old Twitter. It was an Aaron Rodgers love fest, but, I mean, it is like a Hall of Famer on the move for the first time in his career. Probably going to get talked about, you know? It, I will say, if you want to humanize Aaron Rodgers, if you think he's a dork, how his him and Zach Wilson got a good – they got a fun thing going right now. 
where if you're a Packers fan, I don't that might be a sour note because it felt like he, he was not having a fun little back and forth with Jordan Love. Um there wasn't a he didn't have the same quote that Tannehill had last year where he was like they're not paying me to be his mentor. But it felt a little bit icy. He feels much it's much more jovial between him and Zach Wilson. Maybe some of it's because he knows Zach Wilson stinks. But could be. Um didn't Zach Wilson have the quote though that I'm gonna make life hell on any veteran they bring in? He did, and then Aaron Rodgers said, I'm gonna make life heaven on him. <laughs> yeah. It was very <laughs> You know it's interesting. I, I, I need to see it, so I, you know, I'm I'm just going off what you're telling me. But supposedly Rodgers the relationship between Rodgers and Favre was like it wasn't like they disliked each other, and I don't think Rodgers disliked Jordan or anything like that. It's not like a personal grudge, but it's almost just something about like your job's my job. I know it, you know it, and there's just like this kind of block. And I wonder if that was very similar between him and Jordan. That like, hey, I wanted a wide receiver drafted. We wasted the pick on you. You seem like a nice enough guy, but like your like your job is to take my job. So like you know. Get away. Back, back like, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm yeah. I'm not gonna be your best friend and like hugging up on you and whatnot, uh, because I want this job. But I wonder if that's because he he talked about that with Far. It was like Far wasn't a jerk or anything, but like we just weren't, you know, singing kumbaya in the locker room with one another. So interesting. I, I look forward to watching. I'm gonna watch it. Uh normally what I do is like once football season, college football gets going, I don't really care about like TV shows about football as much anymore. Yeah, so like like do they not do quarterbacks that Netflix with the high school quarterbacks? They they got rid of that. And they got that was cool. Like I wonder why they got rid of that. I think they um I think it just Personally, I, I don't know if it's just the case or not, but um I, I just think that it wasn't um, good for the kids. I think they got over. It. Oh, I definitely, I definitely yeah. don't think it was good for the but, kids. But, but also, it was good TV. In part, uh, I think COVID just kind of like uh, I'm pretty sure that was their like Rattlers. Shout out to Nick Scalzo. Was the yeah Rattler and Scalzo were the last ones to go through that, and then I think it was right before COVID. Um, but I'm I'm with you though, where it's like I'll watch a little bit of this now because we do get to see some fun snippets. You know, Garrett Wilson versus Oscar Gardner. Like that's fun football action. You get some of the. The ball busting that you you know you have a training camp that's a little that's fun, um, but then once the actual games get going, it it's who cares? Yeah, you know. No, I'm right there with you. Then like we don't need teasers of it. We've got the actual dish that we can dive on into. So I'll watch that today. Scoots, how was your Tuesday? What'd you get into? It was good. I uh, went to work, so it was pretty boring before or during that, I guess. But then I came home and I also watched a football related program last night. I watched the Johnny Manziel Untold last Ooh, night. I saw people yeah. talking about that, too. Really, really good. I don't think I'm going to watch that. Oh, you oh, should. Unless I, the wife really wants to. She's she's a Browns it, fan. It brought back a lot of like fun memories and some of his highlights that you forget about. and oh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, he was incredibly fun to watch. Yeah. I'm a big Johnny Manziel stan. Like, I, just, I just loved every – I love the fact that it looked like he was just going out there and Playing ball, and I think that's why a lot of guys love Johnny football. Um, one of the things that got leaked out from people tweeting about it—that's my favorite thing so far—was that during his time with the Cleveland Browns, he watched zero film. Mm-hmm. They said his film time was zero point zero hours. And first and foremost, um, like it just goes to show you like how big of idiots people can be. And secondly, uh, he's not the only one. Like there's. I, that's that's not just like a one-off. 
there are people out there that are at least think they're successful that try to just like, oh, I don't need film. I'll be all right. Oh yeah. And it's it's always like it's it's ridiculous. Do you need to be a gym rat to be successful? No, but you you do need to watch a little bit of the film. Mm-hmm. You need to know what the other team's going to do, especially if you're the quarterback. No, you do, uh, and that's supposedly not an exaggeration. That's part of the reason why I may not watch it either is just because I feel like so many of the important tidbits were shared, and it's just like, okay, well, these are th- – and how much do I care about Johnny Menzel to dive in any, any, either, even deeper than just these, like, fun tidbits that were out there? That Supposedly not exaggerating, like zero film. The Browns had to call his agent and be like, hey, he's not watching any tape. And the agent was like, sure, okay, he, he can watch, we'll get him to watch more, but certainly he's watching some. And they're like, his iPad time is 0.00. And then Johnny Manziel's in the film, supposedly, like, yeah, it was zero. I didn't watch any film, which is wild to think about. You can be at that level and just take your off time so unseriously. <laughs> well, and that's why I like those types of shows. So I watched the Jake Paul one this past weekend. I hate Jake Paul with a passion, but his that one was really good, so I figured I'd check out the Manziel one. And you get past the surface level. I mean, TJ, we all remember the surface level stuff, the issues that he had in his time in college and the NFL, but what I enjoy about these is that it just digs deeper, and you get you get almost to the reasons why some of this stuff happens in these documentaries. So, yeah, I really enjoy the untolds. There was what uh, they had. They had plenty of other stuff. Well, the, the one that's exciting um, is they're they're having a Florida Gators one come out, and um, I saw uh, a clip where they were like, "Man, I just hope we get to see uh, Dan Mullen and 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 Urban Meyer relive the moment where uh, Dan said that the best quarterback in the room was Cam Newton." And Urban just ripped his ass because it was right after Tebow won the Heisman. It was mm. coming back for year three. Mm. Um, he's like, well, he, I mean, I know Tebow's the best for us to win, but I think Cam's the best. It's like, well, I, th- I think you were right, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Since it, I mean, a lot of, lot of talent in that entire room. I mean, those subjects, like Johnny football is fascinating to me. That Florida football thing, that's fascinating to me. I don't, I don't need Jake Paul. I don't need to know more about that guy. But um, – those two are, are fascinating enough. For yeah. I'll, I'll give it a. I saw Johnny Manziel is diagnosed bipolar. Yep, and that's you know it's tough to overcome, so tough to live with. So that was an interesting and then uh, interesting tidbit. And then I, I also saw on social media the money aspect of Johnny Manziel mm-hmm. and just when people would like go up to him and say, I'll give you $30,000 if you sign these footballs. Well, and that was kind of sad for me because so we all knew about that happening as well, but just the way it happens and it, you're like, okay, this guy's 20 years old. Like all of us at 20 years old, somebody comes up to us and says, here's a bed full of things to sign. And we'll give you 30 K. We're all doing it. Every single one of us are doing it, whether we know if it's wrong or not. Well, that's a lot of money. And you you can make a case that Johnny Manziel and all that stuff kind of helped push the the nil landscape to a certain degree. Uh, I saw that they just came up with the lie that his family was in like oil money. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just so stereotypical of a Texas A&M player. From all of that that I got out of it was that, oh, yeah, his family's from oil money. I just assumed that. I had no idea that his family was not from money. 
No, they just used that to like explain why he all of a sudden was driving all these nice cars and had and Rolexes doing all these nice and things. And yeah, so subtlety was not Johnny Football's strong suit. No, he wasn't. Uh, and I, I saw some people having a sentiment after watching it. They kind of feel bad for him that like A and M kind of took advantage of him, and he wasn't able to fully profit off his, when he was like the brightest star that he was. And then things in the NFL didn't work out. Well, blah, his blah, dad, blah. his dad had a great quote about regarding the A and M football staff. He said, basically, when you send your son to college, you not only expect that coaching staff to turn him into a great football player, but you expect him to turn him into a respectable man, too. And there were several instances in that documentary where A&M had the chance to do the right thing, and they just let Johnny get away with whatever. So I do kind of give blame to A&M. And I I did kind of come away from the documentary feeling a little bit bad for Manziel, but ultimately he's an idiot and made the wrong decisions. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I mean, A&M – Bailed me out, so like that, you know. Yeah, he still was a NFL draft pick, twenty second pick, first round overall. You know, hopefully he's smart with his money, saved up, and even though he's hasn't played in the NFL since twenty fifteen, he hopefully would be rich enough to live a happy life the rest of his go around. That is crazy. But- Went to the CFL for a little bit, and it says currently he's with the FCF Zappers. Yeah, that was the indoor football league. The uh, Kevin Sumlin, though, being at A and M and having them knocking on the door of the playoff, uh, and then flaming out at Arizona in three years. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah, not not a good coach. My Tuesday, pretty tame. Uh, didn't didn't nothing really totally moved the needle. Didn't really do much. Went to Thornton's. Told you all that. You didn't watch any football documentary like me and Rouse? No. What? No. Went to the family's for, for dinner, which was nice. Came home, gave the dog a really long walk. The weather was pretty solid. And then watched uh, an episode of the Detroiters and went to bed. I treated myself to a steak last night. Nice, nice little steak dinner. Did you cook it yourself or did no. you? No. Oh, no. I had someone else cook it. Did <laughs> Well, when you say someone else, did you go to a restaurant? I did, yeah. <laughs> but it's good. I don't often do that. Maybe once every couple months, I'll treat myself to a steak. So, did you get a beer with it? Of course, it's what, not a steak what, without what, a beer. What what what, what style steak? Uh, medium, uh, sirloin. Sir, medium sirloin. Yeah. Okay, you could do worse than that. Mm-hmm. I'm a big sirloin guy. And can can you give us a hint of what place it was at? We don't like giving free advertising. Right um, here Kentucky roll call. Small little mom and pop restaurant in Sellersburg, mm. real close to my house. Okay, all right. I'm not gonna know what it is. Though. You won't know. Not many people do. And if you if you don't, that's that's fine. But you're really missing out. Place rocks. Wow. Well, maybe in no. Actually, I you're guess. a you're a big chicken tender guy. It's a place known for their chicken tenders. So you'd be in heaven. I mean, they I are like good. Chi- I like chicken tenders. Oh, they're, I, theirs I mean, are I, the I best. I like a great steak better than a good chicken tender. But theirs are the best. They even have a chicken tender food truck that they drive out everywhere. Ooh. What? Uh, I've what, got my attention. What kind of uh, cut of uh, steak, Scoots? Ooh, we already said it. I did. Oh, well, Good listening there, Roush. It was a six-ounce sirloin. Sirloin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Medium. Oh, Medium. Six-ounce, yeah. I mean, I'm a baby. Little baby steak, little <laughs> baby. I can't eat anything more than an eight. Well, good. Uh, I, I did not have a steak last night. Had uh, a chicken place that also has chicken tenders known to not be open on Sunday. Mm. Mm. No free shout-outs. <laughs> Um, well, I'll give a free shout out to my wife. Good luck today. You need it. 
Shout out. Oh, yeah. I saw all the kids waiting for the buses on the way into yeah. into work this First morning. First day of school for JCPS starting 10 days before the state fair. Silly. D- don't don't understand. It. Yeah, it's really silly. I don't, I'm not crazy about that one bit. Also, I see all the people waiting like for the school bus, and I see the parents waiting with the kids for the school bus. I do wonder if there's ever like this threshold crossover where it's like I, I could have just saved time driving. Driving you. Mm-hmm. And you may say like, well, some parents may not be able to do the commute. Yeah, I totally understand that. But I'm specifically talking about the ones where the kids are sitting in the car with the parents because they don't want them like being outside by themselves. I feel like if I was a parent and the bus was like five minutes late, maybe even like to a point where it was like two minutes late, I'd just be like, all right, I'm taking you. We're not we're not doing this again. We're not waiting on a bus. I know that right now they they changed all the start times, so that just means this first week, maybe even next week too, is going to be just a mess getting people, you know, readjusted, reacclimated to a new schedule. Um, so, you, but I, I, I'm with you, TJ. Although, I, I wonder if the assignment plan too is cut down on how long these kids are on buses because they changed it up where they're not. They're not supposed to be like you have a choice at least if you don't want to be bussed all over town. So I'm wondering if that student assignment plan, if there are more uh, parents just dropping their kids off because they're going to the nearby school. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Not impossible, but best of luck all the kiddos heading into school and the parents saying goodbye to their kids heading into school. I know it can be a tough day for for some parents and under understandably so. I'm not there yet, but I'll cross that bridge when when I get to it somewhere down the road. But best of luck to all the kids, and school is back. Roush is right, though. Too early. Too early for it, but it's the reality. We're going to take our first break. We're going to come back and get into the news of yesterday. We got a marquee basketball matchup to announce. Uh, My Devin Leary takes from yesterday just spread like wildfire throughout the U.K. fan base. Now everybody's talking about Devin Leary, so you guys are welcome for that. We'll get to that. We've got a lot more to get to on today's show. Keep the text coming in at 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. This is KRC. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Uh, are you habitually using drugs, stimulants, alcohol? No. No, just asking. With Walker and Roush. Haven't seen the sun in weeks. My skin is getting pale. Haven't got a mind left to speak. And I'm skinny as a red. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Hey, Dave Portnoy owns Barstool Sports again, 100%. How about that? Yeah, so Penn ditched him for ESPN? He got Barstool back for $0. Sold it for, what, $500 million, I think? Pretty good deal for Portnoy. Yeah. Pretty good port pretty good deal for Portnoy. Yes. So Penn wants to keep doing the gambling thing. ESPN looking to get in the gambling game. So they ditched Barstool, which was from what I've heard from 
everybody that used it. Haven't heard one good thing. Supposedly the Barstool Gambling Sportsbook app was horrible. Just terrible. Like, people only used it out of loyalty to Barstool, but every other gambling app, including illegal ones, were better. So supposedly people aren't really all that mad that they're not going to have the Barstool Sportsbook anymore. Yeah, I... um, But this move strictly seemed to be Roush just like, once they became a gambling company, there were things they couldn't say. There were things that could be traced back to them. Or was it like, in, you know, insider? Were they rigging the books? And they were getting in trouble just for like oh. some of their just normal content their guys were saying. Very much loved Big Cat and his can't lose parlay. The gambling regulators did not like the can't lose Oh, they got parlay. super mad they, about they, it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think they just decided like, this is an easy out. Well, it's also, uh, they were fifth and it was a, it was a long fifth. Like, there's uh, top four. I want to say it's MGM, FanDuel, DraftKings, and I miss another one. Maybe Caesars? That, that could be right, yeah. But th- there's a, there's a, there was a clear four, top four, and Barstool and Penn was fifth. So, I guess Penn is thinking, well, we need a bigger brand to go bigger. And, I mean, it's not a bad idea, but it's very competitive. And if you couldn't get the UX right. Yes, everything ESPN does is usually pretty terrible. So yeah, like the ESPN app is just uh, I, I don't I do not like it. So I don't know how um, they're going to improve user experience with this. But um, yeah, I guess good for Portnoy. I don't know. It'll be um, I, I guess it benefits like they they don't need to have some benefactor to bankroll them anymore. Which it's got to feel like you've come a long way because uh, mm-hmm. there there for a while it was churning. Was their money man, Peter Chernin? And then Penn bought him, and now it's like, oh, back on their own. Back on their own. So I like that they instantly just rehired Mincy. So, wait, why, is that, why did he get fired? He got fired because he was reading lyrics to a song and read a word that you can't say. Oh. So, Penn just felt like forced to kind of let him go, which, ah. as a big major company, I disagree with the decision. But in 2023, you at least can comprehend why that they come to that conclusion. And even if you don't, even if you do disagree Man. with it, but I do like the Portnoy is like, all right, I'm back in charge. No big wig bosses to please. You're back on. Just a little hiatus for that him. That guy is, I don't even know how to, like, that guy. Mincy? How, how do you explain Mincy to somebody who hasn't, like... I don't think he's entertaining. I don't... Yeah, like, like he's just he, such a weird he, character. Yeah. He, Portnoy's little collection of humans he has over there is something else. Like, right. I can't imagine spending an extended amount of time with many of them, but, like, athletes love Frank the Tank for whatever reason. Athletes do? Yeah, like, oh, that, like whenever they'll do interviews um, with, like, J.J. Watt, they're like, I gotta meet Frank the Tank. It's like... You're J.J. Watt. This yeah. <laughs> is weird. That is kind of weird. Who's the real old one that's always sitting in the front of like sports watch videos? Stu Finer, maybe? Sounds right. Like the big, lo- the yeah. big, the big white bald guy? Finer's He's a big old boy. Yeah. He's just yelling. He's probably like 75, 80. He's old. Yeah, I don't know if he's that old. He's not but- that old. But he was around be. the 80s, so <laughs> but never mind. It's not impossible. Nevertheless. Scoots, uh, you trying to hit the links today? Uh, maybe depends on what happens with work. I'm I'm scheduled to go into work, but my manager's gonna text me whether he needs me or not. So I'm hoping he doesn't need me. Ooh, I was thinking right after the show, we get a quick mm. eighteen in. Yeah, I can't do that. I've got other responsibilities, bud. You don't though. I have to do the Hoosier Report and Spears today. I thought Dennison did his own show. He could. Hmm. Think we're getting answers in real time. <laughs> the question is, could we play eighteen and two forty five? No. Yeah. I don't take a lot of strokes. 
I do. <laughs> Just kidding. I do as well. Text on in 502-414-1450 into the Thornton's text line. Roush, UK playing UNC in basketball. Woohoo! Which was like kind of rumored, but also not rumored. And you had basically conflicting reports. I think you had a UNC player back in like the spring say like, can't wait for the UK game next year. But everything that the CBS Sports Classic was alluding to was with the COVID and with the games getting moved around, Kentucky UNC wasn't going to be until next year, not this year. But that proved to be wrong or inaccurate. And regardless, Kentucky's going to play UNC in the CBS Sports Classic. Cat City, baby. In Atlanta, December 16th. Roush, I put it to a Twitter poll yesterday, but let's just say... The wife says we're doing we're doing Roush. I've always wanted to go to a UK basketball road game. Okay, she just has never had the heart to tell you. So either take me to Chicago for the Kansas game or Atlanta, Cat City, for of course it's Catlanta. But Roush is calling back to a funny Quade Green. Quade Green, yeah, Cat City. Uh, yeah. So the only reason why this would be up for debate is because the Champions Classics on a Tuesday night. I think that's the only oh. reason that would make you because you would have to take vacation seemingly visiting on Tuesday. I just like Chicago better. I think Kansas is going to be a much more difficult opponent. By the way, I was wrong. Uh, I've, I've, something has happened where Roush is more right now and I'm more wrong now. But Buddy Heald did play in both those games. I thought he was out one of them, but he did play in both those games. So, yes, the team Kansas lost to in the Bahamas significantly better than the Global Jam teams, as we did say that regardless. Um, but Kansas still did lose, for what it was worth. Yeah. But they did beat that team one time with Buddy Heald. Yeah, they that, lost when Eric Gordon teamed up with them, which Eric that, Gordon is not – Eric Gordon played at Indiana. From Indianapolis right. Central. Where's he? He's not Bahamian. He's from. He's a Hoosier. His family he's, might be. Yeah, he's probably got some dual citizenship. I forget that you can do that. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, Did you think Buddy Heald played at Bahamas University in college? <laughs> well, but I thought like uh, he actually was from there, though. I, I think, Buddy is, I think yeah. he is from there. Right. Uh, I think um, DeAndre yeah. Aiden, I think, maybe is also yeah. from there. Yeah. But, but that, that Eric Gordon, like, I remember him being at Indianapolis, North Lawrence. Buddy Heald, born in Freeport. Great city in the Bahamas. Where did he play college? Where did Buddy Heal play college? Scooch, come Scooch. on. He I went to the Final Four. Yeah. He led a non traditional program to a Final Four. Yeah, Power I, Five school. I know that. I lost to Kansas, right? Uh, it was like 40. It was embarrassing. I remember being was it at North a party Carolina or Kansas? And somewhere. wanting to like enjoy that game, and they were just so embarrassing. Oh, yeah. But like going into it, you're like, Buddy Heald's got to get hot. And then like you blinked, and they were down by 15. It was like, <laughs> he ain't getting that hot. Oh, Oklahoma. That's right. Yep. Did you look it up? I did. Damn yeah. it, Scoots. You all weren't giving Cheater. me the answer quick enough. I told By the way, did you or... figure out the answer from the break that we were discussing, TJ? Uh, oh. Jose Batista. Oh, where did Jose Batista play before he went to the Blue Jays? NL Central team. I looked it up. Uh, Roush lied to me, told me Cubs. If I were to guess, I would just say Brewers because of process elimination. Maybe Pirates. I just don't remember NL Central. Was it really Pirates? Wow. Wow, what idiots. Pirates let that guy go? I would have never guessed. So was he there with Andrew McCutcheon? Was that when they were good for that just one season? Was he there? Was that when we were in college, though? Because he left Pittsburgh in 2008. 
So that would have been before. Hey, regardless. How did the name Jose Batista even come up for he's, you this he's morning? He's doing trivia. I'm doing a trivia. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Just getting prepared for trivia tomorrow, by the way. It gotcha. was Villanova that beat the snot out of Oklahoma. And then Villanova uh, hit the last second shot against UNC uh-huh, in, the champion, got you. in the championship but game. But to answer your original question, I would prefer Chicago versus Kansas. Now, a lot of it's just like I would enjoy being in the city of Chicago more than Atlanta. Chicago, three times better city. Yeah. Would it change anything for you, though, like Chicago in middle November versus Atlanta in the middle of winter? Yeah. Uh, no, like that doesn't I, change anything I, would, for I would actually like being in Chicago, like around that time. So you're Just actually like, getting Chicago before it gets like bad, 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 bad. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, and I've had, I, like, I've had fond memories of watching UK beat the brakes off of UCLA in the United Center uh, in a classic SEC Big Ten Challenge game. Um, but. Really, the only reason I would think North Carolina might have an edge is just because it's a Saturday, and you know you can drive down to Atlanta after you get off work on Friday, do a whole day Saturday in Atlanta. It's the five thirty game, so you can have a nice little morning. Just the problem with where that arena is, I guess the United Center same way, but it's not really by anything. Uh, but I I don't know something about that Kansas game has just a little bit more juice for me. Is North Carolina going to be good this year? I I think, but I don't know. Ian Jackson didn't reclassify, which we all assumed was going to yeah, happen. Some people think you may end up decommitting from not reclassifying and maybe end up decommitting from UNC. So like, and, and he's starting to kind of drop in rankings a little bit too. I saw that Hubert Davis. I mean, he had the dream run to the national title. He killed Coach K in his first year, but they they've been pretty ho hum. So, I don't know, Armando Bicot still there? That's right? the thing is, I think when you're looking at UNC's roster, you would say this is a, a top 10, top 15, most talented roster in college basketball. But then you think back, well, last year we would have said the exact same thing, except we would have said probably top five most talented roster in college basketball. And they were the most underwhelming, underachieving team, maybe in the history of college basketball. I mean, when you're in a national championship game, Roush, and you return four starters, yeah. and you don't even make the NCAA tournament the following year, at least three starters, but I think four. Caleb you don't even Love, make, Bicot, you, you don't even make the NCAA tournament? Yeah, the only person they lost was the the four guy, Brady or Manic. Yeah. yeah, they lost he, him. That was He was the only guy they lost. And they had a decent portal pickup to replace him, too. And I forget that guy's name, but he was solid get in the offseason. So that, well, that Peter Nance. Yes, yes. That that's the part I, I just I don't know what to expect from that North Carolina team at all. Um now, with that being said, we grew up, TJ, when it was Kentucky, North Carolina every year. It, it was you had basically three weeks in a row where it was Kentucky, North Carolina, CBS, uh, Kentucky, Indiana, and then Kentucky Louisville. So like having Yeah, it was like the it was like football schedule, but basketball in winter. Yeah. They're Saturday games. You didn't have CBS. any games during the week for the most part, maybe one exception here or there. And you're right. And it would be those the, games. The big games. Yeah. It was it was a ton of fun. So like that North Carolina game does have some sentimental value to me. Um but it doesn't it has sentimental value to me when they played it at Rupp in the Dean Dome. You know, it's it uh, the CBS Sports Classic. We we've been uh, it's a great jersey game. UK UNC always is, always will be. We've UNC's been critical. got cool jerseys. Seeing that blue with the other blue. We've been critical of this event, and I just you know it doesn't have the same juice to me as Champions Classic opening up the college basketball season. 
So well, it's not the first game of the year, Champions Classic. I'm not sure if you knew that or not. But yeah, yeah, they moved it back, but it's still. I wish they like did the, do first game of the year, but yeah, who, it's not. I, I know what you're saying. What and I miss more taken. is uh, the opening 24 hour marathon. Same. That was fun. That was fun. Do you? That was great. I or was, even stay up for it. Or was, even they used to do it in the middle of the season too, and I don't feel like they do that anymore. Yeah, they, they the college basketball. They don't keep as much coverage with it. Altogether, uh, UNC one and nine in quad one games last year. Is that good, Roush? One and nine. Oh, uh, I don't think so. No, better than zero and ten. Only one There's game. Our glass than half full of scoots 10. there, or uh, glass a tenth of the way full of scoots there. They did announce ESP announced their full lineup for all of their events that they own. All those preseason tournaments. I think Battle for Atlantis, Maui, all those. I didn't take a close look. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones, but there's no way to remember all of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Maui's exactly. really competitive. Still wish UK would get back to it, but I do think this having th- this weekend fits much better in the schedule. There was nothing worse than when uh, the CBS Sports Classic decided they were going to play a neutral site college basketball event on December 23rd. Uh, that takes. The whole fun of college basketball is the home court environments and atmospheres. So to take that away and put it in an empty arena in New Orleans on December 23rd, uh, that was silly. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm so. This will be a good atmosphere. So this I'm, is if you're going to do the CBS Sports Classics, you got to make them make sense. And having UK play Ohio State out in Las Vegas like doesn't make a ton of sense. Having UK play UCLA in Brooklyn doesn't make a ton of sense. But UK and UNC playing in Atlanta? Yeah, that's a good neutral site. That's good. And yeah. not two days before Christmas, not a day before Christmas Eve, allowing people enough time to travel and travel comfortably. This game makes a lot of sense. Is this one that TJ's uh, going to talk Hannah into? I'm going to one or two of these games. I don't care. Who knows it? I'm going to one or two. I'm going to one of the two. I'd love to go to Bofa back in the day. You may be asking yourself, TJ, what's Bofa? In which case, I'd be telling you both of the games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but I would go to one. It really kind of comes – I think it's I think it's kind of ge- geographical. We may need to split Kentucky and let and tell people what games they have to go to. Oh, so if Appalachia, you're, you're going to Atlanta. You're going to Atlanta. Yeah. Lexington, you're going to Atlanta. Louisville. Louisville, you're going Chicago. to Chicago. Yeah. You're going up for the Kansas <laughs> game. And that's just the way we're going to have to do it. The, the, the pros and cons of it, both games are great. I would say UK probably has a better chance to win the UNC game, but I think they can win both, and I think they could lose both. So I don't think I, I, you're gonna you're gonna go into it not really knowing exactly what's going to unfold. The second game, Duke Michigan State, that's going to be a much better atmosphere, a much more exciting, anticipated matchup than Ohio State UCLA. Imagine Ohio State probably has a decent alumni base in Atlanta, UCLA, Ooh. not as much. One benefit to the game in Atlanta is being the headlining game. You can sneak down after the first, like when fans oh, yeah, are coming out, point. you can go down and take their you, seat. You can do that. Yeah. Uh, so or, fun. but with UK probably being the first game, I, I think they are already confirmed the first game in Chicago. Have they announced that? I'm not sure. I mean, Duke-Michigan State may be a top three matchup, maybe a top five matchup. UK-Kansas probably top ten. And you're not going wrong with either one of them, whoever you put there first. Uh, and then you'd think like, well, Michigan State and Duke, both Eastern time zone, maybe you'd want them to start earlier. Well, so that would make too much sense. They never do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They never do that. So you, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be in the equation. Uh, but on the flip side, when you're the first game, sometimes you can get a good seat until you get kicked out, just knowing like, oh, this is the Michigan State section. They're probably still at the bar yep, having fun true. hanging out. Uh, but 
People in Louisville, I'm going to say Chicago. Chicago, the more expensive trip, just because it's a more expensive city than Atlanta. But you're getting it on a Tuesday. You're not getting like the Friday hotel prices. You're not getting the Saturday. You're getting on a Tuesday. You can drive up day of, only five-hour drive for the folks in Louisville. And then you get in, you go to the game, you have fun, you get up the next day, you head back. So you can make it a little cheaper. Um, But I, I think people in Louisville... You need to go to that one against Kansas and Chicago. Everywhere else in the state, you make your way down to Atlanta. Uh, And I know, Roush, there's a lot of people listening, and they're laughing at us, and they're saying, we have money. We're going to both of them. You can't do anything to stop us, (laughs) which I'd be very jealous of. Those are fun, two two fun trips. But don't forget about, you're going to also be in Atlanta for the SEC championship game for UK football, so that could maybe spoil that city for you. It would be the two weeks prior. I don't know if you want to double dip two weeks in a row. People did it for New Orleans back in 2012 for the SEC championship game, and then three weeks later for the Final Four. But uh, So you got to keep that in mind. And then secondly, with that December 16th trip to Atlanta – College football playoff starts about two weeks after that. You, you're you going to be needing to save up for that trip, too. So I think maybe the safer option, Kansas, just because football season, you're going to be following the Cats to the national championship. The uh, Wouldn't that be nice? It would be really nice. The And also maybe not too crazy. Uh, one thing is certain about both of these games, um, excuse me, both of these games, you got to at least split them. Because Kentucky's two and six in these marquee games over the last four years. It's it's like a Oh man. We we like as a fan base are just starving to shine bright in big moments. Mm-hmm. And that just has not been the case at all. I think you would have to go back to kicking Arkansas's at like you, you've gotten a couple big wins at Arkansas, but it's not this our expectations are a little bit more than that. So, like, having Reeves and Toppin go off last year was awesome. Having that game uh, when Cal got thrown out with Quickly and Richards and all those guys down there, that was awesome. But that's twice in three, four years. I mean, there, there, there hasn't been enough of those big marquee top 25 wins. you got to at least split these games. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't know so much if you have to split these games specifically, although you should, and ideally win Again, both of them. But great point. Like the out of conference schedule sets up so perfectly for Calipari to get the fan base completely and totally back on his side by 2024, by like the, the calendar year 2024. When December rolls into January, he could build up enough goodwill where this thing gets like. 2015 silly, 2012 exciting, 2010 exciting. Not, not like losing like, to Kobe Brown on a Wednesday night. You know? And then you Which, just hear, yeah. And, you know. and, and that's not – SEC is going to be tough. Like, UK is going to lose games in the SEC. I don't think people are really expecting anything different than that. I, I'd love for them to run through the conference. But they're going to drop a few games here or there just because it's – it's not your grandpa's SEC anymore. It's a it's a pretty talented roster. It's a pretty talented league from really top to bottom, and it's the middle. I think is where it's kind of the most dangerous. But that being said, look at this out of conference schedule for UK. Yeah, Kansas. They're going to play. I mean, even like a game like Marshall is not one that's going to build up goodwill for a fan base. But that's better than Dude, just they, like they were good last year. Coppin State. To- they're supposed to win the conference USA, and then but even that's just like and it's a close game. It's a it's nearby. They're right, going to bring right. fans. Like that'll just be a better atmosphere than some of the other ones. And I'm not one to complain about UK's out of conference schedule for the most part, but this one is crazy. You get Miami, a Final Four team coming to Rupp Arena, late November, 
That's going to be a fun atmosphere. North Carolina, as we mentioned, the Louisville game at the Yum Center. And then, of course, Gonzaga coming to Rupp Arena as well. People forget that. So, like, the games that stand out, Kansas, Miami, UNC, Louisville, Gonzaga, that's five of them? It's five of them. You win four of those, and people are going to forget about any of the nasty conversations that's happened over the past few seasons. Like, it will be Basketball City USA come January if you can take care of four of those five. You win all five of them, like I said, just gets absolutely silly. I think if you three, win three of two, like I, you're feeling good, you're feeling solid, and maybe it's the manner of which you win those three games right. and how like you, you lose like those you, two like games. You can't do what you did against Michigan State last year and just blow it in the last, you know, give just hand the game to the other team. But even with a young team, anything worse than three and two is going to be disappointing. It's just it's going to be. You're getting two of these games at Rupp Arena, two of them on neutral sites and one the easiest one is the one that's on the road the one at Louisville and Kentucky's going to beat Louisville I'm not worried about that one but you lump, it, you, lump it, you lump it in because it's a big game that's a, big a, name. That's a guaranteed win you, you lump it in because it's a big name so that really and Scoot's agreeing with me on that now you know nothing's guaranteed but this one should be a pretty sure thing you'd think then you're talking about you've got four games, and we're saying at minimum you need to go two and two in those games. We're really not even asking the moon out of you. And two of those games are at home, so we're kind of asking you to take care of home court. So you know what? I'm changing. Changing my mind. Three and two, I wouldn't be thrilled with. Oh, Cats got to go four and one in these five games. And you just you, you have to. For reasons Roush mentioned, that like those Kentucky fans still do it. My friends still do it. Like for big games in either conference play or out of conference play, we'll get together, we'll hang out, we'll either go to somebody's house or we may go up to a restaurant or a bar and we'll watch. But like I can tell because I feel the same way, we're kind of like getting sick of doing getting these get togethers and just UK like losing. Things not really going well. So you got to get back to like having these big marquee matchups, going into them, feeling optimistic, maybe nervous, all that good, fun, anxious energy that you feel when Kentucky's playing a basketball game, and you all know exactly what I'm talking about. But we need the payoff pitches. Roush, it's really something that we said about Mark Stoops and UK football for a while, where it's like you would just get the Krogue rocking and rolling, and the fan base for yeah. six straight days would just be talking about Saturday, talking about Saturday, talking about Catterday. Then the game would roll around. The atmosphere would be like un- unlike anything you've seen, you and I have seen in our lifetime in Lexington. I mean, maybe 2007 excluded. And then Kentucky just come up short. Yeah, and it just be like you could just hear the energy drain out. It's weird that I was. We were on the same wavelength here. It's like you've got brain control or something because <laughs> I was. I was thinking the same thing where you've had a. That feeling of big game and coming up short. It, it was too familiar for Mark Stoops for too long. And it feels like that's been the case for Cal in the last four or five years, where you just get mm-hmm. all built up, you get all excited, and then Lucy just pulls the ball away from Charlie Brown. Yeah, you get UK big blue balls. Hmm. But Kentucky football started winning those games. Yeah, like the yeah. LSU game, the Florida game, back-to-back the, weeks. The, of course, I wasn't at either one. 21 was the the, the big turning of the tide. Because they won big games on the road. It was just not doing it at home. It was 
It was a big part, and then you, yeah, you read off two consecutive weeks. So. Yeah, and then so like again, you you feel better about that. Uh, we you felt great about it earlier in the Cal era. Need to get back to it. You've got the perfect out of conference schedule to be able to make it happen, and I love it. I, I glad we won't hear any whining and complaining, Roush, about about the schedule this offseason. And then that's just the out-of-conference. Then you go into probably the toughest SEC league slate that Calipari's ever had since he's been in the league. But it, while it's difficult and it's got big names and it's got tough opponents, SEC excluded. I'm switching back to the out-of-conference conversation here. As I mentioned, two are at home, two are neutral, where you're probably going to have at least 50-50, if not maybe better. You never know. Can't, I mean, Chicago's going to be pretty close to probably 25-25-25, maybe slight advantage to UK. And then Atlanta will be, you know, it'll be probably 40-40-18-2. So it'll be close to 50-50 between at least UK and UNC fans. They'll bring plenty of fans to that game too. UNC fans travel very similarly to Kentucky. So that was awesome. Excited about that. Glad it's not Ohio State. And uh, always like beating Mick Crone and need some revenge from last year, but we can, I guess, sit on that one a little bit longer if we've got to. Yeah. But UNC game, that'll be big. Just wild how often UK has played Ormando Bacat. He played in that Ashton Hagens game. Jesus. <laughs> he played in the Ashton Hagens where, like, Ashton Hagens just balled out. Like five steals. And then people were freaking out. They played pandemic year, and UNC kind of had their way with UK. Not a good UK team, as many people know. Everybody had their way with UK. Most did. Not Tennessee always, though. Suck at Tennessee. But, and I think UK won a game against Florida. But after that game, he was like, they punked us last year. We weren't going to let them do that to us again. And then sure enough, because the dude just won't freaking leave, they play him again. And then, Roush, that was the Severe Wheeler game. I wish you could. Severe Wheeler's best game ever as a Kentucky Wildcat against UNC in 2020. 21, 2022. I wish folks could have seen you like swing back and forth when you were like, <laughs> talking <"Basket> ever again. <laughs> YouTube cameras are coming next week, I heard. That's uh, what yeah. Rutherford says. Yeah. Oh, oh Scoots, what all, was that? Are, are there light bulbs coming next week, too? <laughs> <laughs> Is the internet coming this Once week? How get, are the YouTube cameras going to work if we don't have internet? They're, they're going to be at the new studio with the nice internet. Yeah. You've never even been there. No, and I thought we couldn't even go there anymore. Well, well no, we, but because they're getting the cameras installed, I think. Yeah. Okay. Scoots, what was the I am a jerk from yesterday? Ooh, man. You want to save it for hour two? Why did I feel like you were going to ask me that? Yes, I do, solely because I have to think back and try to remember. He, what, what he had do? three of them yesterday. Oh, you can't do three of them. Oh, he did three of them. You can't do three oh, of them. Oh, I remember. Okay, yeah. No, I'll give you one now. When you do the – when. Well, go on. Yeah, okay, go on. All right, so this girl, her, she had a good friend in college, and they were going to go study abroad And she got a together. And well, her, to sleep with them. her parents only told her that she could go study abroad if she took a friend with her because they wanted her to be safe and whatnot. So her friend had, was down to two universities. One of them was with the girl. The other one was at a different country, and she was debating going there because she had family there and save a lot on the cost. Well, basically the friend who needed her friend to go with her to be able to do this trip logged on to her whatever and denied the request from the other school so that she would have to go to the university with the friend. That's a pretty easy one. Yeah, you're a jerk. Yeah, such a jerk, right? That, yeah, that, 
That's yeah, an easy. That, there's, not, there's not much debate with that. So, one. yes, you're a jerk. Well, her parents were like, "Okay, well, we're gonna tell her parents what you did," and she conned her parents into letting her tell the friend. But she said she's never gonna tell the friend. <laughs> yeah, you're a jerk. Such a jerk. Roush is right. Cut and dry on that one. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call. Coming up next, Devin, Devin Leary. Speaking of cutting and drying, sur- surgery? No. We'll tell you more when we return here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Tell me, yo, what's the scenario? Scenarios, radios, rates more than four. Scores for the scores, that's rubber dance floors. Now I go for mine. Shades of seashore. Ship shape plus great eights. The play tapes. Pace make drapes make for the weight of an ella. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Rosh. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Wednesday morning. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And if you get some time today, remember to go to ShadyRays.com, the perfect website and company for gifts. Yeah, that's right. If you've got somebody's birthday coming up or whatever, maybe a bachelor party, wedding, you need something for groomsmen or the bridesmaids, check out ShadyRays.com. You can get some quality sunglasses, polarized sunglasses. They look like the designer brands, but you're not paying a designer price. They've got sunglasses for each and every occasion, including the Green Wolf Premium Golf Eyewear. That's right. Shady Rays sells them. You can check them out. They've got Ace, Guardian, Scout, some of the best on the planet. Go to ShadyRays.com and do not forget promo code BIGX for 25% off. That is promo code BIGX for 25% off at ShadyRays.com. You know the one negative for me when in regards to Shady Rays is I waste so much time now if I see pictures online with somebody in sunglasses zooming in to make sure that they're Shady Rays or not. I spend all my time doing that. They... A lot of people wear shady. Rays. They do, yeah. I mean, no, you, I've you noticed that. You go in public, and it's not uncommon whatsoever to see other people wearing shady rays. It's because it's such a great company. Some of the best, one might say. Mm-hmm. It's even better when you put in promo code Big X and you get twenty five percent off at checkout. Ayo. How great is that? Yeah, we love that. We love that. We love hearing all this Devin Leary hype, including Roush. He has been quote unquote surgical in practice. Surgical. So no surgery for Devin Leary. He's just putting surgery on the defense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, to here's the, the 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 kind of genesis of all of this. Uh, Kentucky really sucked at two minute offense during Liam Cohen's first time here. Uh, when he was he was jovial after winning the Citrus Bowl, and you're like, well, no crap, he was happy they won, but there was. <laughs> There was something like a little bit extra where like he went up to Woody, Scott Woodward, and they were just like, oh my gosh, we did it. It worked. And part of that was they finally got the two-minute offense to work. They had sucked at it all year. It had been kind of the bane of their existence, and they finally got it humming in that final game. Okay, we're, we're doing the right things. We're taking their medicine. Well, now they've got a guy who uh, kicks ass in the two-minute offense and Devin Leary. In fact, Cohen said – Leary's actually probably more comfortable doing the two-minute stuff, looking 
uh, at the defense, picking it apart, being surgical, if you will, um, than he is doing first and second down stuff where it's not hurry up, where it's not tempo. The the other part of this too, what it like what it means in practice instead of just like you know a fun descriptor. What it means is that if the first read isn't there, he's going to go to the third, the fourth, maybe even mm-hmm. the fifth read. And for those receivers and tight ends and running backs, you can't half-ass your route. You got to be ready for the ball. He's going to throw it to you. It's a Homer radio thing where you can spin anything to be better. The next season's the better season, and while you were equally optimistic a year ago where you get nitpicky about the following season, and everybody does it. Um, Even non-Homer radio can do that from time to time. And you're going to hear people talking uh, so highly about – you're going to hear it on this very radio show. You're going to hear it in just a matter of minutes, actually. You're going to hear a lot of people speak very highly of Devin Leary and just – by association, Roush, and by comparison, and it's understandable, it's a year from year, people are going to pick apart Will Levis a little bit. And I don't think they're – like, I, lo- I loved Will Levis in his two years at UK. I wish the second year would have gone better, and I wish he would have stayed healthy, and I think those two things go hand-in-hand, hand, obviously, with one another. But what you had mentioned about second and third options was Will Levis's biggest weakness. And his bailout, which we talked a little bit about yesterday, would be looking at an option, looking at an option. It's not open. I have the arm strength of Zeus. I'll just throw it deep to, like, option two and just hope that it's one-on-one coverage and he'll come down with it. Or pull it down and run it. Or pull it down and run it, mm-hmm. which he he could certainly do. That's going to be a change. And, and, and I think, actually, Will Levis got better at that last year. Mm-hmm. I think his first year with Wandell, he was attached to Wandell. And it's understandably so. I think you can make a case Wandell Robinson maybe had one of the best single-season years as a wide receiver in U.K. football history, at least from just an impact standpoint. So it's understandable that Will Levis would want to have his eyes on Wandell. But you can see some tape, and we talked about it last year, again, kind of doing the same thing that we did last year this year. You can see some tape where it's just like other guys were open, but he's just so fixated on a double coverage Wandell that he he didn't even bother turning his head, you know, four inches to the right. Right. Yeah. So Devin Leary, that ain't going to be an issue. He will survey a field. He'll look guys off. He'll do what professional quarterbacks do, where I'm looking, 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 looking. I know I'm going was, to my right the whole time. It was fun watching it the practice on Saturday, like where you're just like, oh. Look, 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 and then, like, bam, throw to the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. Whoa, how did he know that was there? Uh, he's seen defenses. Another thing you got to think of, too, TJ, when Will Levis came to Kentucky, he was basically just a Wildcat quarterback at Penn State. He had very little experience. Good point. I mean, he was, like, known for his laser arm, yeah, but, but mostly just kind of a bruiser. Yeah. Devin Leary's been a starter for a long time, he's won a lot of big football games. He's been in those two-minute situations, and that's where he was excelling yesterday. Two-minute, Kentucky's offense is tearing it up. You got a nice video of a long ball to Anthony Brown getting behind Zion Childress. Um, it's it's fun. Like, there's, you know, I, I'm i hard-pressed to find people who are willing to, like, pump the brakes on Devin Leary at all, which you'd love to hear. I'm going to try to temper expectations well personally. Said. I agree with that. Um, but, like, I, I'm just, you're, I'm just trying, to, trying to pump them because – we still got a long way to go, but it's hard to find somebody that's going to say anything bad about his game 
how he's approaching things. They're just impressed by how he's distributing the ball in practice. 24-7 ranked him the 11th best quarterback in the country, which is pretty impressive, high praise. You can make a case that he maybe even should be higher than that. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it, folks, that Kentucky has its best quarterback under center in the Mark Stoops era, and that's coming from nearly just having a first-round pick the year before, but for all the reasons Roush just said. And we probably should have been a little bit more pessimistic going into Will Levis's first year. New offensive coordinator, quarterback that had never been the full-time starter before. Uh, you were excited about Wandell, but it had been a run-heavy offense for so long, and Will Levis be able to consistently – that offense was fun to watch. It was a fun year. It was a 10-win season. Mm-hmm. What is it? What should our expectations be? What should our feelings be? What should we be talking about knowing that you get that offensive coordinator back, he's a little bit more experienced. You don't have a Wandale Robinson, but you do have a Barry on Brown and a Dane Key, which both probably have are, are more coveted by the NFL than Wandale was, although when did he get drafted? Third round, fourth round? Second. Oh, second round for Wandale? Yeah, uh, I think 50th overall. Oh, man, that was higher than I thought. Yeah. Okay, well, if Dane Key and both Barry and Brown go higher than that, then maybe I'm a little mistaken. Um, but regardless, you got two. you got two weapons. You don't just have the one. You have two. You have a quarterback that has much more proven, as Roush mentioned, with a more proven and experienced offensive coordinator. That team won 10 games. Now, that team didn't have Alabama on the schedule, but... Right, that's true. And Roush, so many of these conversations, so many of these stupid freaking conversations are going to come back to this. Is the offense line going to be good enough, though? I know Devin Lear... We'll be fine. I've heard enough from everybody. Justin Rowland had a good inside scoop, and I know that Liam Cohen's been raving about him, and exactly what you said, Roush. You can't find anybody that's saying anything bad about Devin Leary right now. Can can they protect him? And I know you think that the offense is simpler, more simple, yep. and maybe that's just all they need? Mm, but you don't, see, you don't seem concerned about the offensive line, and I like that. That makes me feel a little bit better. At least so far. So far, so good. It's, I think the other thing you – we talk about the tackles a lot. Eli Cox going to right guard is an upgrade over Tayshaun Manning at right guard. Okay, I'll take your word you know, for it. Like that, there, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot to this. So I, I just – now, we've got a lot of camp to go. We're going to be discussing a lot more. But so far, so good. Um, interested, I, I love uh, Van Hiles, is a former U.K. player. Mm-hmm. Loves to break down tape and stuff. He's great on Twitter. Does a great job with so it. Can we get? Can we see some defensive highlights? We got a lot of offensive highlights. Let's see some defensive highlights. Uh, I saw some folks were like, "Should I be concerned that Barry on Brown still isn't practicing?" No, that was like four days ago. When we had a text it. about that on the Thorn Sex okay, line. Okay, well, that let me text. answer it. Like, if you've got a soft tissue thing, like that's like a week or two, at least. But it let it be fine. But no major concern. And you're going to give him more time than you want because here's the thing. If it if it's a major soft tissue thing, remember the summer of Dorian Baker, the touchdown maker. He was like it was like a hamstring. He didn't play till after the bye week. Like, it can get really bad if you're a dumbass about it. So they're not going to be dumbasses about it. This practice doesn't matter that much. I mean, like ideally, you'd rather him be practicing than not. But like, yes, he's still going to be out. He'll probably not be in the scrimmage on Saturday. I would imagine. 
Just a guess. And as long as he's healthy for the season, who cares? And you know what? Even the first three games of the season, if you want to use him just here and there, fine by me. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, Let's get to the Thornton Stacks line. Okay. No, I don't want to steal a point away from you if you got something. We'll do the opening segment. Greg Sankey had a lot of stuff yesterday. It was like, oh, so the person that really matters on conference realignment has some stuff to say that I think is important. So we can do that to open up the final segment. Um, oh, I don't even know exactly all the stuff that he said. I ooh, think I saw some of it's it. It's quite but, a bit. It's yeah. quite a bit. Lots to unpack there. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, TJ, were you a fan of Bosco Sticks at St. X for lunch? Definitely think they were crazy overrated. Give me a soft pretzel with cheese instead any day of the week. You're crazy, Plumley, bro. Seriously. You be wildin', buddy. With, like, you would much rather have American cheddar or whatever that cheese is, nacho cheese, than... Some good old mozzarella stuffed inside a I'm with, I'm with Plumley, bro. I'd much rather have you've nacho never had cheese. A Bos- to- you've never had a Bosco. You've never had a Bosco. I haven't had a St. X Bosco. Yeah, you've never had a St. X Bosco. But I've had Bosco sticks, and I think they, too, are wildly overrated, and I'd much rather have a pretzel with nacho cheese. I would get a two Bosco sticks pretty much every day at lunch at St. X, would dip them in my red cherry slushy. And life was just I mean, simpler right, back then. Let me, just, so let me ask you this. But I did be pooping back then. My metabolism was crazy. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Could you get nacho cheese for the Bosco sticks? Because I think I'd probably go that route. Anything? Uh, yeah, you could. Okay. Lot, that was the that was probably, probably the, the dipping sauce of choice. And I think they even had marinara. What this that. boils down to is that I just need nacho cheese in my life. You're nacho cheese guy. The, yeah. uh, the big... Uh, get for a birthday party or any sort of party when we go up to Ohio is uh, having the nacho cheese dispenser at the party. Always mm. a big hit. Always mm. a big hit. Is there any like germ nasty concerns with kids in that thing? Oh, of course. But you you, <laughs> you have to like get it for them though because it's hot and so like it, so oh that's you, a good point. You know like so yeah you There's have to get angle. it for them. That's yeah. how it stays mostly sanitary. But they make a mess. There's make no mistake about it. Yeah, the chocolate ones are cool too. Oh, yeah. that could just be a disaster for chocolate. kids. Oh yeah, fondue, chocolate fondue fountain. Oh, yeah. yeah, never, never been to a party yeah. one of those. They don't, they don't have too many of those on Dixie Highway, Scoots. Oh man, those are awesome. You should go to a Shoney's. Are they even around? No shot. Uh, they are in like Tennessee, okay. in some southern states. That's still che- around. That checks out. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, Walker Kessler was one of only five guys in the NBA to average over two blocks per game, and he did it as a rookie. I know we're supposed to hate Auburn basketball, but he's fine on Team USA. Nope. I like Walker. Sorry, Kessler. nope, can't. Nope. I wish he would have came to Kentucky. Also, yeah, why the hell did he go to Auburn? That, that I think that might be the point of contention because wasn't didn't Kentucky UK a have, finalist or didn't something? Didn't UK have Oscar? No, he was because he nah, he would have came in. Oh. That's right, because Oscar transferred mid year. Yeah, and they would have been recruiting. He, Oscar him was at the on time. that terrible non win team. Yeah, just, and couldn't play. Right. Okay, that's what it was then. Is that Oscar was waiting in the wings? He yes. Walker Kessler was in college basketball the year UK was a two seed, and probably would have came to Kentucky, but UK had Oscar. I like Walker Kessler. It's just that's not a name you think would be representing the country at like this juncture of his career. That's all. I hope he dominates. Hope he does well, wearing the red, white, and blue. Somebody sent in a their direct message exchange with Jeff Goodman. And oh, my gosh, favorite. If, you, if you could like, and I'm saying this nicely, I'm trying to say this nicely, I like to think maybe Jeff Goodman's a good human being, but if you wanted to think less of him somehow, you would look at these direct messages. The, the, the one response is just exactly what you would expect. I'll catch you and your 500 followers in my toilet. Jeff Goodman said that to somebody on Twitter. like a random person. I'll catch you and your 500 followers in my toilet was an exact 
message sent from Jeff Goodman, Jeff Goodman's phone to a stranger online. And we're looking at it right here, folks. And that's exactly what he says. I'll catch you and your 500 followers in my toilet. And he's just arguing over Buddy Hilt versus whatever the teams Kentucky played. And I, I, the the overall point though is Jeffrey is it's it's not about the like at some point you have to look at the quality of basketball that Kentucky played and not the opponent because when you're watching these summer games, is 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 Jeff just sitting there like wow Buddy Hield so great? No, like you're watching the college basketball team to see how they played, and that's the part that in that whole entire event that was most shocking was how they distributed the ball, how they moved around, how they passed. Their defense stunk, don't get me wrong. How they scored, though, I mean, they scored a ton of points. Tons of open shots. They were good doing it. Like that, at a certain point, the competition, it's irrelevant. I don't care if they're against a JV team. When you've got Trey Mitchell dropping dimes on backdoor cuts, Kentucky fans haven't seen that in years. They just haven't. It hasn't been good ball distribution. It just hasn't. It's been bad. It's been ugly. Yeah, it was so, okay when they were two seed at times, and then it broke down, and it wasn't good, and they lost to a two or to a fifteen seed, and with the worst tournament loss in UK basketball history. Well, they uh, so funny aside. Yesterday, uh, <laughs> Zach and uh, Brandon Ramsey were in the KSR office doing like a film breakdown video, and they're like, uh, "Roush, you want to get on this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, let's just show. We'll just have the severe Wheeler corner where I just bitch about him for uh, like let's just show him jumping to pass. I'm like, oh, and that was severe Wheeler highlight number one. Here's ten more of them. Um, gosh, just can't. Good riddance. Whew. Another fun exchange here from this texter. Thanks for sharing, texter. We do appreciate that. Uh, Jeff Goodman sent over a clown emoji, and. Like this is like a long back and forth of just like grade school insult. Oh, it's really <laughs> he, Jeff Goodman sends over a clown emoji, and our texter, the KRC texter, says, "What is that? A Jeff Goodman emoji?" Oh man, he got him! But Jeff Goodman comes back with a a photo of you, my man, with three exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> Who's well, got this much time? I remember you are going. <laughs> yeah. And then whatever you say, bounce off me in sixty. How'd the texter get the clown emoji to pop up when he typed typed in Jeff Goodman? I'm sure you can make that a feature, like a macro or something. Yeah, yeah. I need if to I learn. Hit, I need I to hit, learn how to do that. Yeah, you can do shortcuts like that. Um, yeah, you can you can do that on your phone if you want to take time and look it up. But yeah, if you wanted to somehow. And then Jeff Goodman says how he just tells the truth. That's all he that's all he wants to do is tell the truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> all right, Captain Phillips. You tell the truth. Or no. Which one's that's the That's the concussion, the concussion movie. Yeah. What was the guy's name in that though? Uh Doctor Not a captain. He wasn't <laughs> Captain of the Hospital. The thing uh, is, I knew that name for a while. Will Smith, Dr. Will Smith. D- uh, D- Jeff Goodman, you don't tell the truth because you label YouTube videos, does UK have a superstar, and then The Athletic goes and ranks Justin Edwards as the number one pick in their mock draft. <laughs> it's like you're not telling the truth. You're either blinded by your dislike for UK, you're riling and you're trolling, which is what I lean to, or you're just a doofus. Or you're, a little bit of all. Or you're giving opinions and not facts or truth at all. That's yeah. a good like, point. What an idiot. <laughs> what a freaking idiot. None point. of the facts um, are truth. And it's so funny that, like, you know, he just didn't come out and be like, yeah, Kansas lost to a good Bahamas team. It's summer basketball. It doesn't mean much. 
Instead, he's got to go for like insults, and you know he was looking. He was looking for a little battle in the DMs. Did uh, you uh, did you see the stat? And then the guy got blocked by Goodman. That That's how if, ended. Um, Kentucky is 111 and six when they have the in seasons in which they have the number one pick in the draft. I did see that. Yeah, yeah pretty pretty good. Yeah, and we didn't talk about that, but like there are mock drafts that have UK guys and mostly Justin Edwards going very, very high and even potentially number one, which is awesome. Doesn't mean a ton. You still got to go out there and prove it. Everybody was totally right about the number one pick last year, but I think this one's probably going to not be as easy as predict. Uh, most people would agree with that. But if Justin Edwards is the number one pick, folks, UK is going to have a fun season. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, it's going to be a fun season. Doesn't mean that they're going to go undefeated. Doesn't mean that they're not going to probably have some frustrating losses or a frustrating loss here or there. Hopefully not many of them. But if UK really has a number one pick and maybe potentially other lottery picks or first rounders, they had Aaron Bradshaw number 39, and just because, like, foot injuries scare me, which I totally do understand, but Aaron Bradshaw is going to be a first round pick. Still number nine is pretty high. 39, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. 39. Yeah, yeah. Tell me to take a chance on it. Uh, but text. if UK has those picks, it's going to be a really fun season. Another text says, the boys need this for the studio. And it's, uh, I guess, KFC Radio made a, they made a, a board game version of the game that Rutherford plays. The, what is he called? Am I the Jerk? Am I the Jerk. Am I the Jerk's much better than. A-I-T-A? Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't go together. Yeah. A-I-T-J. Hey. Hey, TJ. Uh, gosh dang it, Florida State is stealing my idea. I guess I'll have to cancel my flight to Saudi where I was going to post flyers for the 15 club all over the place. <laughs> I do like that. You just go, you're just in like a random bathroom in Saudi Arabia, and it's just like, it's- me, it's a KS bar for a Devin Leary signing. <laughs> <laughs> what else would they be selling in those urinal ads, too? I love the ones like in Nashville where – it's cowboy boots, uh, the karaoke <laughs> bar. It checks all of the the cliches. Speaking of urinals, did you all see the urinals <laughs> in the Jaguars facility? New, yeah, they, new practice facility. They take into consideration your hydration levels. Yeah. Which, you like, that, Ralph? I just need to see the color. That's all. I don't need you to. I don't need you to sample it. I just. Oh, too yellow. Need some water. <laughs> Selfish teammate. And then when it's clear, it's just like, all right, you're you're doing good. I heard an and interview. if that's not factually true or scientifically too true, don't bother telling me. Okay, because I'm not going to listen to so, it. So you know how it can be not true is if you took like B vitamins or something. Like some people might do that in the morning instead of like a cup of coffee, and that would turn your pee yellow. So okay. like if you, if you take certain supplements, and you know it could affect it. So maybe for like a professional gotcha. athlete, um, that might. But nevertheless, like speaking of the. Am I the jerk segment yesterday? The wife was not thrilled with our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> How come? <laughs> we'll get to it a little later on in the text in the text line. Uh, D plus offseason versus A plus offseason. Not sure why they're even playing the game. That's a good point. The UK, is, did they give UNC an A plus offseason well, grade? Kansas, Kansas. Oh, yeah. I don't, okay. I don't know. If I just they sent that in when the UNC game was announced. So I wasn't sure if they were saying it in regards to UNC or Kansas. But well, I think I. Just remember, Rob Doster said that it would Hubert be... Davis used to be a media, so I would assume they're friends with him. It just Rob Doster said the Kansas game, though, would be an absolute blowout. So, you know, if the Cats find a way to win that one, something maybe I won't, uh, I won't forget on the old social media. I think Kansas will probably be like a four-point favorite. 
I think that will be fair, but that will be that should be a game that comes down to the wire. I don't think Kentucky's going to be able to stop Hunter Dickinson. He's going to have a huge game. He had a huge game against Oscar Sheboy, but Oscar couldn't stop many people for what it was worth. But I don't know how they're going to stop Kentucky. It's going to be a fun one. And then the UNC game is going to be a lot of fun too. Uh, here's the text that got me in trouble. When I woke up today, I was not expecting to hear TJ use the phrase, just getting railed. <laughs> it meant like railroaded. Right. Wife didn't like that. Not crazy about that wordage. <laughs> oh. So apologies. It's a comedy bit. Sometimes you use like words people aren't expecting out of the blue. And that was what that was. You know, we were just having like kind of like a touchy conversation, but we just came out and said it. You know? There's a little comedy tip for you folks at home. I do find the coverage of Kansas summer games pretty funny. Folks were very quick to mention how good that Bahamas national team is. They were jumping all over it. They were, and it is good. It is a good team. But also, do you not think that like Kentucky maybe would have been excited going up? You don't think Justin Edwards playing against Buddy Heald wouldn't have been pretty pumped up for that matchup? If DJ Wagner could have been like, oh, I got to go play against Eric Gordon. I'm an 18-year-old. This is sweet. So like, I also think, not that I think that they weren't, into the games against Team Canada and Team Africa and Team Germany. They were. They were into them. But I think they would have probably turned up their level maybe even a, another notch or two. That ended, I think, 37, 38 exhibition wins straight for Kansas. I think Pete, somebody said it was one of the longer ones in the in the nation. So, yeah, suck at Kansas. Go ahead and vacate their wins, too, while they're Do at it. it. All right, you wanted to talk Sankey. We need to take our last break. There's still more realignment conversation. The ACC is getting desperate at this point. We'll talk more about that. But Roush has some some comments that I'm interested in hearing as well. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Taylor. Shoot your mackin' at these women at the Players Club. Me and my homies, we're tired of doing the club. We chop a lot of game, that's all we do it at the Players Club. Drop the pool, kick it in the tub, kick my jazz at the Players Club. You can't resist it, but don't get it twisted. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Joey, have you ever been in a in a Turkish prison? Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Our buddy Scoots is going to tell you about Salsaritas, everybody. Yeah, Salsaritas is great. Two locations, St. Matthews and Middletown. Middletown one has a drive-thru. We're supposed to get some rain today, so that might be the option is to go to the Middletown one, hit the, hit up the drive-thru. But St. Matthews also has a covered patio if we do get that rain. So either way, you'll be protected. But there's great food at both locations. you got anything you could want. Quesadillas, quesaritos, burritos, tacos, Wildly addictive chips, and then of course their salsa. Salsa so good, it's in their name, Salsaritas. We love them. Two locations: Middletown, St. Matthews, and great for a family outing, like we had last Friday night. Really enjoyable. Roush, what did the SEC commissioner have to say about realignment? He said that the SEC is happy with the geographic footprint they're in right now. Um, the phrase, I think he was acutely aware of what's happening, but they're not shopping for more teams. They're just, they're not. Um, so suck it for state. 
SEC's pretty comfortable. He did take a pot shot at the Big Ten. It was like, we don't feel like we have to be in four time zones to matter, which I thought was a pretty good line. Um, and the biggest overall thing was that uh, he said he had a tinge of sympathy for the Pac-12, but they're just, probably going to revisit the... Just a tinge? Uh, they're probably going to revisit the way that they put teams in the playoff, how they seed them, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, I don't know what it is, but if Pac-12 goes away, we obviously need to reconsider how we're putting teams in this new 12-team playoff. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Lives some of it. He, he Nobody would really like disagree with that. 20 minutes on fine bomb. Uh, but my overall biggest takeaway is just like, okay, SEC, not out there trying to, to shop for more teams. Good to know. Good to know that the playoffs going to also probably get rid of these auto bids that – for conferences that don't deserve them, because it, it should go. Yeah, to, you 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 should go to the better teams. If you want to throw one or two to a group of five, I'm fine with that. But that's it. I'm no, fine with that. Every as power well. five or whatever we're going to call it in this new thing, it, it's all up for grabs. Should be at least. And really, you don't. I I, I honestly would prefer they wouldn't. And I, you know, this is, I'm the exact opposite. I used to be Mr. Do Auto Bids. And partially was that. I, I thought that because it'd get people on board quicker, but people are on board. So maybe you don't have to do it to begin with. But I was fine with that. Different representation across different parts of the globe. And most likely, like, hey, the Pac 12 champion was going to be worthy of being in the playoffs. The Big 12 champion, the SEC, the Big 10, um, all of it kind of made sense. But now I wouldn't want any auto bids for the SEC, for the Big Ten, for the Big 12. And only if you wanted to do the group of five, which is going to be turning into like what, the group of eight or whatever, maybe. Who knows? Mm-hmm. The right. Whatever it is. But maybe if you want to give them one or two just to appease them, I'm okay with that. But you don't need to do it for the major conferences, Roush, because like the SEC is going to get teams in the college football playoff every year. We don't need an automatic bid. They're right. going to be in. Yeah. The Big Ten, the future Big Ten, every single year will have a team in the college football playoff. They don't need an automatic bid. And if for some weird year there's this year where like a conference just totally cannibalizes itself, one, that's not going to happen in the way that you think, and two – then if everybody costs everybody else a bid, then so be it. Probably means you didn't have a elite enough or a great enough team. But there's no way in the future of an 8, 12, a 12-team 12 college football playoff that you're going to have the major conferences miss out. I don't think you're going to have the Big 12 miss out on any given year once they expand. Scoots, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to have automatic bids either. I mean, it's, you're going to – I mean, it's just like you said. I can't say it any better. SEC is always going to have a team. Big Ten's always going to have a team. Big 12's always going to have a team. Pac-12 probably doesn't have a conference, so they might not have a team. Yeah. Hey, I did like seeing Rich Brooks call for a Mark Soup statue yesterday on the KSR pregame show with Billy Rutledge. Yeah, where's he been? We've been we've been ready to build the Colossus of Stoops for years. We've been talking about We were the first to ever say it, that, folks. If there, we make a lot of jokes about being the number one Kentucky show in southern Indiana and all the other things, but <laughs> if there is one thing, the day they build that statue, we should be at the ribbon cutting there. We should be standing next to Mark Stoops, and he should thank us for leading this charge because we've been day one shouting it from the mountaintops. 
But it needs it should happen. And I know like when UK has a bad loss, when you lose at home to Vanderbilt, that's a bad loss. I thought we were kind of past that. You'll get rival fans, Roush, and rival radio people. They'll make fun of us. You all wanted to build a statue of the guy. He's the most all-time wins in UK football history. He's given he, he's given Roush and I our only 10-win seasons in our lifetime, and they happen to be within you know four-year span. Like, the guy does – I don't know. Maybe you're just weird on statues. I think p- different people are weird on statues. But build it. UK have any football statues? Well, they, they do. They have probably the most famous statues in the SEC, really. Maybe in all of college football, even. Yep, but uh, that's it. There's but, no uh, basketball statue. Or no, I guess co- Joe but, B. But no, the but no football coaching statues. That's true. No football coaching statues. And there's no football coaching statues in the country that are 80 feet tall either. No. And this is a good opportunity uh, for Alabama UK football to, of, uh, to stand out. Every national championship coach. Why stop I like at that. 80? I always wish UK basketball did that. Why stop at 80 feet? That's a great point. Let's do 160. Yeah. Well, did um, did you see the ACC is kicking the tires on SMU as well? <laughs> is that what the tires said? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, especially because this go around is actually less, I think SMU makes more sense than Stanford and Cal. The this go around, the last one it was all about cable markets, but like there's core cutters, so it doesn't matter as much and. I don't know why they think that SMU could be such a revenue monster. I, I just don't. think if you got SMU in a decent conference playing like the Clemsons, Florida States, who probably aren't going to be in the ACC forever, you could start getting SMU to recruit Texas a little bit better than they have been. You know, still be way down the pecking order of those lists of schools, but better than they are. And I think you could turn them into like a respectable program in the ACC. Where I. Just I can't get on board with Stanford and Cal. I don't know why. And maybe it's just the geography bit. Maybe there's nothing more to it than that. But and at SMU, I don't know. They're maybe in the same boat in terms of fans that care. People at Stanford and Cal just don't care about sports, though. I know SMU had terrible attendance as well. So yeah, it's just all ACC. Just seems desperate. It seems like they're just trying to. Turn over every stone after seemingly sitting on their hands for the duration of this conference realignment. And they're just trying to make it look like, well, we we were kind of active when in reality, as the Big Ten and the Big 12 just added, 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 you didn't do squat. And now you're stuck with the leftovers from both those places. And you should you want leftovers, ACC? Mm. Do you want the leftovers? An Left- overrated show on HBO. Too. Leftovers can be fine. I enjoy Leftovers personal. Personally, I didn't enjoy the show on HBO. What was the Leftovers show? It was the show where 2% of the population just vanished. Hmm. Like everybody was just like doing stuff and then like people turned around and they were like pushing their kid on the swing and then they like looked back and their kid was gone and they couldn't figure out why. So then like a bunch of weird cults formed in the United States and the government had to make some like assistance programs for the people lost. And then at the end, you finally find out what happened to him. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, so Troy over eight and a half wins is an absolute smash attack. Oh, I wouldn't do it. We said eight, not eight and a half. Uh, yeah, eight and a half's a little steeper, but... Yeah, you can't push. I think they're going to get nine wins all the same, though, for what it's worth. If not more. I'm big on Troy. What do you want me to say, Roush? I'm big on Troy. Cowboy Troy, too. <laughs> Troy Aikman. Hmm. I actually Re- do like them, Monday Night Football. 
Roush can uh, Troy. I don't know. I'm not Troy Aikman comes off as like seemingly too cool for his job sometimes, and that kind of annoys me. I can get behind that. You have like you an amazing job. You, you should cowboy sentiment. You should. You should. Uh, I've never liked the American West. They. He. You should sound like super enthused each and every time you're you're getting to call NFL games. And I get it. Like he was an NFL quarterback. He was playing in the game, so this may he may look at it as like a step beneath him. But I think don't think he always. Way, bring, don't I think, think it's the way he talks. I think you're right about that. Probably too. You're probably right. He kind of has the the lip kind of oh you know. <laughs> Just seems a little too cool for school sometimes. Morning, guys. Podcast listeners should be worried about Barry on Brown. Roush uh, already addressed that. Yeah. No. Like he's he did it kind of angrily. If we're going to be totally I mean, honest like he with everybody, was injured and out. He missing two practices is just let him let him be out for a while. Let that thing, let that bad boy heal up. I hate how giddy the Jets players are having Rodgers now feel like a salty ex in the relationship. Well, you got to imagine he's, that's got to be pretty exciting. Look at the quarterbacks the Jets have had. Now you're getting a Hall of Famer. Granted, coming off one of coming off his worst season really since like his second season in the NFL or second season as a starter in the NFL. But I think he'll be rejuvenated too. I don't think Rodgers is going there to embarrass himself in the New York media market. I think it he's going to be I think very I, similar to Brady, where it was like the first two years were good, but then there, you'll there's see, no trade you, left. The like tires. the 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 cliff is coming. Yeah. But I think you you've got you know they say before you before you pass on Roush, you have like a really good day, you know, and people are like, oh, did they turn the corner? You're going to use a different D word. Did, did they turn the corner? But in reality, it's just like uh, the human body has like kind of one left oomph to it. Aaron Rodgers isn't dying, thankfully. I love Aaron Rodgers. But I do think he's going to have like one last really impressive season uh, and then his NFL career metaphorically will die. Are Tennessee fans the most insufferable group of users online? Seem like those U of L losers can't even compare. Thank you, South Georgia Wildcat. You're you're correct. They're the worst humans to walk the face of. The <laughs> I just haven't. I, I must be missing. I need to get me into one of these Tennessee Tennessee Twitter fights. Yeah, they're just like the because like the nastiness is just so over the top, <laughs> so over the top, so insufferable. Um, but I haven't ticked them off in a while. Um, might as well. Actually, got. So I got Vandy in South Carolina next week. Need to check. Uh, and I, I think I've had Mizzou at least once this offseason. But need to get uh, Tennessee and Mizzou checked off this offseason. Don't even know if Florida fans have it in them. They're just so dead <laughs> and defeated. I, I need Tennessee to take a U of L like dip. Just like fall off the face of the sports world for a couple of years. This thing they did kind of do that, and we still lost to them. That's not, the worst part. Not, not that, real. I mean, that's their ultimate comeback. Is they're like. Yeah, you our Jeremy Pruitt team beat your best team ever. They bring up that eighteen win all the time, and I just can't say anything back because they're right. It's like we had no well, business losing that. Oh, that game. Well, no business. UK has gotten some alarming wins against Tennessee as well. They lost to Adam Roark. That, that one just just really Matt Roark bums me out. Adam oh. Roark was my buddy's friend in college. Before we move on, did we read the Leary text about the laces? I don't think so. Oh, um, Roush, can you confirm that Leary throws without the laces? If so, can Thanks, you ask Scoots. him about that? Um, I watched the video of him throwing to Anthony Brown, and he's throwing with the laces. So I don't, I don't really know where you got that. But Why don't you just ask him? Maybe sometimes he does because he's just getting the ball out of his hands quickly. But, yeah, no, it looks like he throws with the laces. I'd just say, hey, do you ever throw without the laces? It could be a good answer. It could be a good story. <laughs> could be. 
We'll be talking to him till Saturday or Sunday or Saturday. Good looking out on the Thornton's text line, Scoots. Of course. That's what I'm here for. But I also mean in basketball, too, for Tennessee. I'm getting sick of them just being respectable. John Cena is an author. I didn't see that coming. That's from Billy Big Blue. Does it it all. Indiana Tim here. Hey, Scoots. Neil's place? Don't forget old Patty, too, Indiana Tim. What, is Patty and Neil's place? Yeah. Well, we don't do free advertising. Well, that's not the name of the restaurant, so that works out. (laughs) That's just the owners. What's the name of it? Can't tell you. We don't do free ah, advertising. He's learning, Ralph. He's learning. I can't believe he passed that test. Yeah. <laughs> Not Trevor over here. Whoa. Oh, by the way, on the Kentucky Roll Call Instagram, is Trevor's PS5 too dirty? Yes. Scooter Be the first to so. tell you. It's disgusting. I, I think I agree with Scoot. I mean, it's just because, like, how? I mean, that's a room with so much. That's in a, That's a console in a room with so much dog fur that hasn't been cleaned up in uh, you can check it out on the Kentucky Roll Call Instagram. How but it's just how? How did it get like it, that? It might be on PlayStation as well because they switched the consoles from black to white and white just shows dirt better. So maybe that's kind of on PlayStation, but yeah, still still gross nonetheless. You need to get like a you I honestly need to get a leaf blower on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> A texter on the Thornton's text line says, Jack Pilgrim, Sean Smith on sources say, has UK losing five to seven games? It's jumping up on me. And they lean closer to seven. They said the SEC is tough. It's a young team playing tough games at the beginning of the season. Uh, I definitely think this uh, If they, if this team will lose more than five games. You can, I'll guarantee it. Come Selection Sunday, UK basketball will have more than five losses. You can write that down. I don't think that's enough for a one seed. That being said, you can be a one seed with five losses. You can be a one seed with six losses. You can be a one seed with seven losses. What's what's? I want to do the 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 math on all of that because I'm curious how conference realignment is going to mess with the NCAA tournament. Well, it's going it, to be. It may depend what happens with uh, Gonzaga. Now it. It's like UCLA. It, it, it should be harder for them to win the Big Ten. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like I, how many? How many one seeds have had five losses it, or more? It'll depend what conferences do with their schedules. Is what I was looking to say. Got you. Like how many? Like are you some? Uh, some think that Big Ten may go to like a twenty-two game conference schedule and just be semi oh, like NBA light. Gross. And if they do that, then Selection Sunday will need to change because you're you know teams with like losing conference records are maybe going to be eligible to get in which i think is sometimes the case nowadays but oh no, yeah they're they're allowed to get in it's just they're allowed frown, to but just i just frown upon dick vitale goes on like rants it normally doesn't happen and understandably so i don't know it'll water will find its level though it'll all work out yeah. i'm not worried about it don't worry about it i wouldn't worry about it but yeah i, I agree with jack and sean on that that I, yeah i think they'll probably lose seven games and I don't think that'll be a bad thing. It's a tough. It's a really tough schedule. But I'm, I'm more like Purdue was a one seed last year. Scoots, do they have six losses? Mm, don't think so. I think they only had four. That's what I mean. Like those. They one had seeds. six. Did they really? Yeah. Their seventh loss was fairly Dickinson. Say it again, man. That sounds sweet. Screw it. Suck it, Purdue. Whoa. Suck it, Purdue. Whoa. Family radio show. John here. Good morning, everyone. Don't worry, TJ. The Cats will be able to go 
four and one. Heck, I would not be surprised if the Cats got all five. The Cats are going to be awesome. I feel like the season is different. Hey, I need these Cats to get over 30 wins this season, and they will. So, Justin, be ready to pay up, my friend. We'll got to go talk to you later. Don't worry, John. I've got your $20 set aside already. You should invest in it. Get it up to $20.52 by the end of the season. <laughs> we are having queso and chocolate fountains at my wedding in October. Wow, where's our invite? Uh, don't, don't bother inviting me. A fall wedding? Get real, buddy. And I'm into. You're into? <laughs> into. You're into fall weddings. Into fall weddings. Best man in one. So you're like into the fall weddings. You like them. No, no. Like I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> That's where I thought he was going. Active participant. Which, by the way, I need to do the suit thing. Um, Ooh. From one of them. Yeah. It's coming right around the corner. Um, another texture says, I take B12 every morning. My goal is to get back to clear by the end of the day. Wake up, rinse, and repeat. That's from Billy Big Blue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Super B is, um, like, if you take Super B complex, it's uh, it's a good energy. I mean, yeah, but you know, that's probably a good thing, Billy Big Blue. It motivates you to drink more water, and yeah. you can just have like a trial by looking at your number ones. It's yeah. kind of getting gross conversation. Maybe but, that's uh, what I need to do. The, uh, but like the the Super B complex stuff, that's basically what the was in the five hour energies. If you look at the nutritional facts, just B12 shots, but or B12, B6, all that sort of stuff. Gives you energy. Texter says, Jets love the Packers' sloppy seconds. That's a fact. There was a social media thing going on yesterday, Roush, that people were surprised Randall Cobb's only 32. Whoa, really? Yeah. That, that I am too. <laughs> That's insane. Well, okay, so if you think about it, he was drafted. He's about in, to turn 23, by the way, in, mean two, in two weeks, 33. Okay. Yeah, excuse Because he was the first player born in the 2000s to score touchdowns, is that right? Or the first player in the 90s? He was born in 1990. So oh, he yeah, was, he did have that, that piece of he, yeah. He had that fun little piece of trivia, but like I guess if you think about it, he only did three years at UK, so he would have been twenty 21. when he came out, and he had a young birthday. So I, I, okay, yeah, if he's getting ready to turn thirty three, I get it. But man, that is crazy to say out loud because he's been in the league for eleven years. It's a long time that for a is receiver. Freaking nuts! For twelve years, Randall Cobb returned the opening kickoff and, in the process, became the first player born in the '90s to step on the field in the NFL. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, now I'm getting now I'm getting like lost now I'm getting case. lost in the sauce yeah. because people yesterday were just like, "He's 32. That's nuts." But I'm getting more like, "That's crazy that he was the first player and then born in the '90s to play in the NFL." But it, you know, just the style of play that he has, he's so reliant on his athleticism and kind of his juking ability that when you lose that step, then then what are you? You're Aaron Rodgers' right hand man. That's what you are. We've had an alarming wins over. We've had alarming wins over Tennessee, TJ. That's a positive take. Haven't we beaten them like twice? in like 800 years well when you win with a wide receiver quarterback and like a secret super secret formation that nobody knows about until literally the day of the game that's a pretty embarrassing loss for tennessee the worst part was is the closest kentucky's came since one of them was with another receiver playing quarterback that one was a gut-wrenching loss i just because then georgia would have been your only loss that year and they even played them close that 
Just not to get in. Like they got in every time. That offensive line was dominant. Lynn Bowden was amazing. And then like that Daniel Batuli. And you know, Lynn Bowden tackles. uh, He just overthought that. And he never really did that. He just overthought those plays. Thanks for bringing that up, Texter. You didn't really bring it up. We brought it up, but an association gotta throw a suck at your way, unfortunately. So Steven Johnson win was awesome though. Yeah, that was pretty great. Came back uh in the game after he went to the locker room, took mm-hmm. a shot in the arm. We are going to be showing the Tennessee game during the reception. Oh my goodness, I have a wedding in the Tennessee game night too. I tried to guess the bye week and I missed bye week. Okay, well at least your heart was in the right place, but still, even a home game at that texture. And it's Tennessee. Um, and it's somebody that Yeah, your your reception's turning into a Tennessee watch. Somebody that's gotta go Tennessee to a Tennessee watch. wedding that day anyways. Maybe I just take out my frustration with another second for you. We're finishing the text line with two seconds back to back, right? Take out, you suck it in, you suck it in, you suck it in. All right. Remember, the Big X Scramble is September 1st at Elk Run Golf Club. You can lock in your spot by emailing bigxscramble at yahoo.com. We're going to have prizes for the winners, longest drive, closest to the pin. Everybody that's going to be out there is going to get a Kentucky roll call koozie if they want it. Going to be fun, and we'll have some KRC t-shirts if that interests you as well. So, going to be a good time out there. September 1st, start the college football season the right way. Start the long weekend the right way by playing Big X Golf Scramble, the second annual kickoff classic. It's going to be a good time. Pumped. That's our show. Any last words? Last words. Good What do we have tonight? Do we have, is USA Basketball going to be playing again soon? I know they just got to Spain. So they're probably going to be playing soon, maybe not tonight. Uh, the Japanese women, who we're all fans of, we all agreed to that. They don't play till Friday, so we can hold off on that. It's a hump day in the summer. Corey Price trivia tomorrow. Woo! It's going to be exciting. And that's all I've got for you. Uh, did the Reds win yesterday? No. They lost? They lost. To the Marlins. You know, I didn't even read my box score of the Red Sox today. Did they that, win yesterday? Your, your uh, that I don't know. Start sweating out that over. Oh, my gosh. Total. They got smoked by the Royals. Red Sox are dead. They're <laughs> dead. It is so weird how the Red Sox and Reds are just really mirroring one another. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for texting on into the Thornton's text line. KRC on Big X Sports Radio. get pissy pissy. Flow infinitely like the memory of my Biggie. Baby. You know it's hell when I come through. The life and times of Sean Carter, volume two.